0: Uh, This is Revolting, with Steve and Robot on the Cycling Independent, episode 108, Resolving Not to Resolve, but Secretly Resolving.
1: Content warning, this podcast has a problem. And it's not really a problem, it's PG-13, mostly. Uh, Occasionally veers wildly into the R rating, maybe NC-17, maybe an X. They talk about fucking a corpse a couple weeks ago. (gasps) But only one. If you can tolerate the possibility that we might say something spicier than a jalapeno popper at Hooters sometimes, then you can hang around. Everyone else should pound sand.
0: You're, you're not allowed to say fucking a corpse <laughs> in the content, woman.
1: Sorry, Mom. Sorry, Dad.
0: I'm pretty sure the F- <laughs> FCC is going to be showing up at your front door.
1: Uh, Hey, hey uh, this is... Uh, Revolting podcast. That's robot. I'm Steville. The 107th episode that we're that we're doing. No, uh, this is 108. 108th episode that we're doing. So congratulations to us. Uh what's uh what's cracking, robot?
0: Oh, everything is cracking. Yesterday the world almost ended here. Um big storm, uh, like two inches of rain. Yeah, oh, God. Um, gale force winds, gale force. Steve-o. Um, trees down. I I tried to go out and do some um, things, and but uh, t- so many roads were closed that I said fuck it and just came home.
1: Seems like a good directive. Did you hear that the doomsday shelf finally broke off? Uh, where up in Antarctica or down in Antarctica? Oh, where we're dying supposed now? to raise the sea level seventeen feet now. So. Oh. You know, hole in the sun, doomsday shelves falling into the water. Uh, You know what the answer is? Is to have more kids. That's the (laughs) answer.
0: Keep fucking.
1: Keep making (laughs) babies, everybody. Everything's going to be fine.
0: So we live on this hill uh, that overlooks Boston. And every time, and shit flooded here yesterday. And there were all these videos of people like kayaking down their streets here. And I've made this joke about how we're going to have beachfront property uh, when the doomsday shelf busts off and, mm-hmm. and sea levels rise. Mm-hmm. Um, and it only occurs to me now that that joke isn't going to age very well when it's true. You know, mm-hmm. people are going to be like, you know, that fucking asshole <laughs> was joking about this.
1: Except it's not I lost be,
0: everything I owned.
1: It's not going to be good beachfront property. It's going to be wildly, wildly polluted beachfront property because of uh, there will be no sewage infrastructure and yeah. all of, you know, everything that gets, that is under the water. Oh, it's just, it's great. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <clears throat> December 19th, uh, 2023. Day, Yeah. And uh, everything's great. Yeah. what <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Uh, the sun's shining today. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had a, I met uh, this woman the other night. She came in to the bar late uh, and she seemed a little bit out of sorts. And she said, I've never been here before. And I said, Oh, well, welcome. Have a seat, Uh, order a drink, you know, enjoy yourself. And then I went on to the next tasks and whatever, managing. Drunk people at 30 in the morning. Oh, and I was just—I was so fucking tired, um, as I often am. But on this day in particular, uh, Greg Heath and I went on a on a ride, and I don't particularly like to ride my bike extra hard on Saturdays because yep. um, it's it takes it out of me for one thing, for all the normal reasons. But then I got to like really manage this little block of time where I'm not riding and I'm not working uh, because then I have to go into work at eight and then I work until two or three or four in the morning. And after a big ride, that is remarkably difficult for me. Mm. Mm-hmm. And um,
0: and Gre- I know Greg gives zero shits about that. And
1: Greg is, uh, I mean, he's just, he's just a, you know, he's just a hard man and he rides fast and It was a super fun ride. It was great. It was beautiful. I loved being with him. I loved, uh, you know, it was my first proper ride in a long time. I'd just been kind of riding around, doing little mini rides or riding to town or whatever, but I've been like deeply entrenched in work in my studio. And, uh, you know, I was kind of remarking at the end of the day, well, we rode out to this cross race and then we stood around in the cold for three and a half hours. So that also takes a huge amount of effort or energy rather. And, uh, then we rode home and the sun was setting because the sun sets at like three o'clock during the winter here. And then it's fucking zero degrees in the shade. It was a little bit of a challenge for me physically. But, um, as we were nearing town, I said, I feel like surprisingly, I felt surprisingly good today. Um, I didn't drink any water. I didn't have any food. I rode in cold temperatures, I stood around in cold temperatures, I rode home in cold temperatures, and yet I still, I was still, I was fine, until the last, like, two miles to my house, and I was like, ooh, man, I'm, like, really out of gas, and I got to get home, and I got to get cleaned up, and I got to eat food, and I got to lay down, because I got a whole fucking day ahead of me, right, um... And so it was all good, and I maybe dozed off for 10 minutes or something. I got a little bit of sleep. But as I was laying in bed, kind of preparing to get up and get dressed and leave in, you know, back into the night, I don't know what muscle it is, but it's kind of inside of your thigh. You know, it's that mm-hmm. one.: Yep. The I inside stretched thigh muscle: I stretched and it spasmed. And I've never had oh. a muscle spasm. Before I've had like stitches or I've had, you know, mini cramps, but this one, if, if I could have bent my leg, it would have brought me to my knees. And I was for a while, like 15, 20 minutes. I even felt a little pang of it yesterday, but I was, I was thinking I was going to have to call in because I couldn't straighten my leg. I couldn't stand up. I couldn't, it was, have you ever had one of those? Like a, like a really severe... Uh, spasm or cramp in any of your muscles
0: i had i had one of my calves fully seize up during an ultra marathon that just feels like a dickhead thing to say though (laughs) i apologize for it
1: it's the most it's the most painful i saw my buddy joe had a double quad cramp at the end of a mountain bike race at the it was a race in occidental california called the uh, in northern california called the ring of fire they used to do it was five or they did five or six times and i was descending down just back to the it was like the end of the race we weren't even doing anything we just all you got to do is keep sitting on your bike and then you're you're home free and Joe had a double quadricep cramp on this descent and just crashed. <laughs> he just, like, he just, cra- he just went into a ditch. And he was, like, still on his bike, if I remember correctly, on his bike, wincing in pain and yelling and holding onto his handlebars. And I thought, I got to stop and see if Joe's okay, you know? But then I, I yeah. was like, ah, fuck it.
0: But I also have to beat him. Um-
1: I also have to beat him. But now I understand, like... Now I understand how much that hurts.
0: I don't generally get them. Like I've played soccer my whole life and I don't get them playing soccer and I've done a lot of running, but I was doing this ultra marathon in Georgia <clears throat> and my there was this steep section of my calf completely seized and it was like being attacked. It felt like something had bitten my calf and was like mm-hmm. latched on. So I instinctively I reached down and I started punching my calf as if mm-hmm. it was Attacking me, and that seemed to, I don't know, that seemed to do it. That seemed to loosen it up again. But I had a moment where I was like, Oh, I have like 17 more miles to run, and now is not the time for this.
1: I think I'm gonna die. Yeah, it it, uh, I was like massaging it. There was it wasn't knotted up, like that was the thing that I expected. I expected the muscle to be almost like protruding. You know, I've had right sometimes you flex your feet and you get these little knots that jut out that are hilarious and but also painful. This was this was just painful, but I couldn't. There wasn't anything I could do to alleviate it, uh, and I think it was just like I was totally dehydrated.
0: That sounds you know, right.
1: I drank a couple of little power pa- power tablets and some magnesium, and you know,
0: I was gold. How do we get from where we are in this story right now back to the lonely lady at the bar? Oh,
2: right. Right. Um, Okay.
1: Let's see. So I'm working. (laughs) Uh, She comes in and has a drink and she has another drink and she, like we're closing up, we're kicking everybody out and she's standing there and I said, how was it? And she said, what? I said, how was your first time here? And she said, oh, I've been here before. This is just my first time by myself. I said, "Oh," and then she launched into this whole thing. My husband just cheated on me. Um, we're getting a divorce. I'm staying in a hotel. I was in a car crash. I have severe nerve damage. I used to be a dancer, oh. and now I'm in chronic pain. And she was she was so nice, but I could also tell she was a little heated, you know, um, and was just like barfing all of this, uh, all of this stuff on. You know, the first sympathetic ear she came across. And um, I said, "I, you know, uh, I understand what you're experiencing on a lot of levels. Uh, I think she's only lived here a couple of years as well. So she's, you know, reasonably new to the area. And I just said that I can't, you know, advice is worthless in a situation like this. Like what you're experiencing is all your own and anything that anybody says doesn't matter, but in, I would encourage you to just take the days as they come, you know, you got through last, the last couple hours. Okay. And she's like, yeah, but I've been crying a lot. And I said, that's totally normal and natural. And you, I would be sort of concerned if, um, if maybe you weren't crying a lot, cause this is a heavy load but you know you got through the last couple hours you just get through the next couple hours and then and then and then eventually you'll get through three hours and you'll be okay and then eventually you'll maybe we'll only make it 30 minutes or 15 minutes and then you'll make it an hour i i think i guess what how i was applying that to what we were talking about is just those days where you're like man fuck this today's a wash you know uh I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna wait, and like, if I can get a night's sleep, and drink some water, uh, and then I will get on with the next day. Um, and I, I suppose I was just thinking about like being at work and being out of my mind, tired, and I needed to preface why I was out of my mind, tired at work with a conversation or a description of a long, cold ride with Greg.
0: <laughs> it worked for me. Thank you. I, um, I, um, so morning coffee, I set the more the coffee up before I go to bed because I'm not a monster. And the first thing I do when I wake up is I press go on the coffee and, um, there's two cups in there for me and they're like a beacon. Um, I don't smoke anymore, but it used to be like, if I can just step outside and have a cigarette and gather myself i'll be okay like Mm -hmm. smoking is terrible except that it's this little ritual you do for yourself so now i have the morning coffee is this beacon in my day and also like i have a three o'clock cup of coffee there may be other cups in between but those are the like the poles and i often think no matter what's going on in my day i think fuck i just gotta get to I just got to get to morning coffee. I'll be okay.
1: It really is. If I go to sleep thinking about co- the coffee that I'm going to have in the morning, it used yeah. to it, today, today, the first sip, because I, I don't set it up the night before. Not only that, I don't even clean the filter the night before <laughs> I got to throw my grounds in the compost and I put scoops in the new clean filter and then I make the coffee. It would be more immediately satisfying. I think to like, just go push the button. And then the coffee's ready. I don't have to go through those steps. I might give that a shot tomorrow. But I switched it up and I didn't, I ordinarily drink my coffee out of a pint glass, which was a habit I picked up from my friend Michael in like the late 80s. Uh, But the coffee gets cold really quickly. And I found this Stanley travel mug that I've had for years. It actually got jettisoned out of my bottle cage one time and then got hit by the car that was right flanking me on my left and then shot like like a fucking out of a cannon and like hit this car that was parked on the side of the road and the dude was standing there the dude whose car it was and he was just like couldn't be mad at me because i think he saw what happened i was like i that's just the fucking freaking i'm glad that your window wasn't open or it didn't hit your kid or whatever Anyway, I'm I'm looking at this mug today and I'm thinking I'm, all these dents on it from where it's fallen out and then where it got run over. Um sometimes I shoot my coffee uh, coffee mugs with a BB gun, uh, and I call that making memories, you know. Uh-huh. But <laughs> I drank I drank today's cup of coffee uh out of this dented up mug and it was just that first sip was like it was like a it was like a nervous system reset. God, I, I can't, I can't quit. I, this is how I know I'm not an alcoholic as I can quit drinking and I have quit drinking and I don't even think about it. But there was a time where I was seeing an osteopath, an osteopath. She was a homeopathic osteopath. So I was on a homeopathic remedy and you can't drink coffee because the caffeine negates the treatments or whatever. So, I didn't drink coffee for six months and I fucking hate it every single day. It didn't, I don't get caffeine headaches or anything. It's just, and I might drink one or two cups, but they just, they just give me so much satisfaction.
0: Yeah. I, when I, back in my AA, my heavy AA days, my friend Hillary and I decided we were going to quit drinking coffee because you know that's an addiction and it's like you want to get rid of that because it's controlling you to a degree. And I think we both made it about nine days and I was like, I drank coffee this morning. She said so do I. And I was like, yeah, fuck that. There's like bigger problems in the world. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's uh it's definitely an all things in moderation, including moderation kind of situation. You know, yeah. if you're not if you're obviously if you're drinking, you know, pots a day, like that's bad.
0: I have um, been there. I have been there.
1: Oh, Jesus. Not me, But man. I'm,
0: yeah, like three cups a day. I do two in the morning. And like this morning, for example, <clears throat> I was tired. I was spent my whole weekend at a volleyball tournament with my kid down in Providence, and it was a fucking lot, and I was exhausted. And then um, yesterday kind of went okay, but I was pretty tired. But on Tuesday mornings, I do Suffer Club in the park. So I got to be up at five forty-five to meet all those nerds at six to exercise for an hour. And I, f- and it's dark and it's cold and I fucking hate it. I love it. And I also hate it. And, but I, I always, when I'm in that mode, I'm like, I just have to make it to coffee. Like if I can make it to seven Oh five in the morning, I'm going to be okay.
1: Hmm.
0: Well, so well, that's, that's, a, t- that,
1: that's another variation of the, just take every hour as it comes.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it is a one day at a time thing. Like just matters how how do you mark that that time? And that's it sounds like the lady at the bar, she's live she's outside of the um the realm of sobriety. She's she is lit, trying to get to one day at a time.
1: I mean, we're all we're all waging our own private battles, you know. It was just yeah. it was she was super nice and um and then I she said, "Can I stay in here until my my ride comes, I was like, yeah, sure. You know, grab a broom. You work here now. <laughs> um, but she's I feel glad uh, that yeah. she didn't
0: proposition you.
1: She was cool. No, she was cool. And I just kind of gave me, uh, gave me a little bit of uh, additional chance to reflect on, um, you know, I'm giving uh, uh, unsolicited, really light, uh, albeit unsolicited advice to a stranger and it gave me a little bit of uh, perspective to maybe try to, or encourage me to apply that to my own shit. You look at the big; it's way too easy to look at the big picture. And so, you know, you hear yourself telling a stranger that uh, I, I get it. I mean, it was a relatable situation, you know, like right. n- new place, broken heart. I got it. Um, yeah, been there. you know yep. all the circumstances and where we came from and why we came there, why we ended up there. No, totally different, but but new place, broken heart, uh, solitary um, reflection, and I'm hearing myself say, "You just got to get through this hour, and, you know, and then face the next one when it comes." It's like, yeah, yeah, okay, take your own advice, dummy. Uh, so what do we? You want, You got? You got a whole list of. Shout-outs.
0: I got a list of shout-outs, but I actually added more than there are in the notes that you have there. So I'm gonna get right into let's, these. Let's go. Yeah, all right. So first shout-out goes to my buddy Fez, whose band Hi-Fi Monk has a new record out. It's called Suspicion of Sedition. Uh, it is like 20 years in the making. Fez has written a lot of that music. Uh, Fez is an actual talented musician. Um, if you like. Hip-hop, funk, soul kind of music, uh, they make the real deal. Uh, so check that out. It's on the places that stuff is on. Hi-Fi Monk. Awesome. Suspicion of Sedition. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, Vez, that's Vez awesome. has made it through cancer two times. That's part of why it took 20 years to get the record uh, recorded. But
1: definitely so check that out. That's like extra, like the fact that the, that music is in the world now is like additionally extra, you know? Yes. B- because of the hills he's had to climb in the interim.
0: Yes. Yes. I love it. And he's a, he's a sweet guy. He's a soulful guy. He's, um, he has lots of good ideas. He's a positive influence in the world. I like it. Uh, shout out also Martin Alvarez, uh, who wanted to know whether we thought GG Allen was overrated or not it's a yes for me
2: Uh, musically
1: yes I think culturally he's right where he's supposed to be I mean the fact that they're like Gigi Allen dolls and like he's this weird outsider pop figure pop culture figure is it's it's insane to me but
0: it, it's nuts. But there's for me, there's a meatloaf quality where Gigi Allen is like, oh, this guy like craps in his hand and throws it in the crowd. <laughs> My favorite uh, uh, th- thing anyone said about Gigi Allen was his his self-proclaimed number one fan said the safest place to be at a Gigi Allen show is behind Gigi. <laughs> you don't want him to be able to see you. Uh, um, the meatloaf... So he's this monster, but then his music is like, yeah. Okay.
1: The meatloaf uh, comparison is is really on point. If if uh, if Gigi Allen made really really good music, and he ate his own feces, or you know, like I remember here, like reading a synopsis of a show where he jumps off of the stage into a pile of like overturned lawn furniture, and then and then does all this shenanigans and drinks his own pee and whatever, hits himself, makes himself bleed. And then there's this young woman, and they describe her as just this sort of angelic young woman, wearing a sundress, looking way out of sorts, you know, like out of place. Like where, what, you're you're supposed to be playing croquet somewhere. You're
0: in the wrong spot. Yeah.
1: And she she pulls out her tampon and presents it to him, which he then eats. And I was like, not into it, but like fucking. <laughs> respect whatever (laughs) whatever that that uh, visual stuck with me uh, is stuck with me for 20 years and 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 with that in mind imagining that they played music that was so fucking good i would say underrated but they were half the they were half the equation and one, one was like Absolute grotesque visual performance art, and one was subpar music. So, whatever.
0: Also, shouting out Kevin McFadden for hitting the tip jar at the Cycling Independent pretty hard. Thanks, Thanks, Kevin. Kevin. We appreciate you. Everyone else, it'd be really nice if you dropped a couple bucks in the jar for Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Festivus or the solstice or whatever it is you believe in and care about. Other than the revolting podcast, that's right.
1: Uh, that's cool, man. I mean, you know, it's fun to do this, uh, but it's also fun to, uh, you know, eat bu- food, buy, gro- <laughs> yeah, buy groceries.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, so thank you, everybody. High fives, everybody. Uh, geez, that that I just went on this like m- m- meander. Like there was something that happened that uh, that related to why we were talking about. Um, TJ Allen, uh, Fez. Oh boy. Oh man. It was so important like 12 hours ago. Right. Anyway, we'll get on with it. Uh, shout outs. Got it. Music pick of the week. What do you got?
0: My pick this week, uh, is a record called the fourth wall, uh, by the band Oxes. And Oxes are an instrumental sort of math rock, noise rock band from Baltimore. Uh, They also, and sometimes I love music so much, but then I try to describe it and say that it's good. But in the description, I'm like, oh, no one's going to like that. (laughs) So Oxes made this really interesting to me, math rock, noise rock sort of stuff that I can listen to sort of endlessly and they're a band that's two guitars and a drummer and um they were also sort of doing performance art like they would play wireless guitars like wireless to their amp Mm -hmm. and sometimes like one of them would just leave the club while they were playing like with their (laughs) guitar on and they're in. They were in something in Baltimore called the Rowdy Collective, where they would stage these elaborate pranks. So they were in this scene and in this group that did all this stuff. Um, this record. So they they broke up in 2011, I think. This record came out in 2020. It's a remastering of their first record and a Peel session that they did. So it's it's a double record, and it was re. <laughs> I was showing this to my wife yesterday, and she was sort of looking at me like, what the fuck's wrong with you? It was reissued by a French, I think it's a French company called Computer Students. And so it's a double, it's a gatefold double LP with a 12-page booklet inside, and that all goes in an aluminum, vacuum-sealed, resealable Ziploc bag. Wow. Yeah, it's this insane thing. Um, and I love that it's so stupid. It is so stupid to reissue the music of a b- obscure math rock band eight years after they nine years after they broke up and then do this elaborate packaging. But I love it so much.
1: It had to have cost a fortune. I think uh, Steve Albini said at one point in some interview, they released uh headache, the big black album in this like i I don't even think i've ever seen this they only did a small handful of them but they were like acid etched metal boxes and they had fireworks and condoms and all kinds of stuff and he said and i've actually applied (laughs) i've applied this to some of the art like visual art projects i've done like uh he said "You, you might not like the record but at least you end up with a cool box to put other stuff in or something uh-huh. like that, you know. And I was kind of, I was like, "Yeah, you know, it, you don't maybe you don't like the painting, but the but the box that it comes in is pretty sweet." Yeah. Um, uh sounds like a sort of a similar directive. Although uh, that had to have cost an absolute mint to put out.
0: You would think so, and I expected the record to be fifty bucks, but it's like thirty-five, thirty-six dollars. Yeah, damn it! And I was what? like, "Yeah, I'll definitely be owning that."
1: What, uh, French computer school? What's it? What's the label? Computer
0: students is the name of the, and maybe they're not in France. Maybe they're, they're just, I don't know. I don't know. If you look up up
1: their own lore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They do. uh, When I looked through their catalog of artists, they seem to give this treatment to most of the records they put out. That's awesome. Yeah. Um,
1: Okay, oxes. I don't know anything about them. I will add it to my list of my ever growing list of things I don't know anything about. Yep. Uh, I am going to go back to 2002 uh, with the release, uh, the Helicopters Cream of the Crap Volume 1, which was B-Sides, 7 inches, uh, all kinds of stuff. The first um, covers, I think they do uh, a cover of Social Distortions Uh, I want to give you the creeps or maybe it's just called creeps. Uh, It's good. It's all, I don't know if it's remastered, but uh, I have some of the original seven inches that some of these songs came out on and to my ear, it sounds uh, bigger. Um, Hmm. And yeah, if you know, you don't want to scour the internet or record stores or used bins or whatever for the entire helicopters discography, of these obscure uh cuts, obscure tracks, then uh cream of the Crab Volume One and two are both um integral pieces to anybody's collection. Integral,
0: I think helicopters sure. are one of the most listenable, right? like if whatever mood you're in, you could put the helicopters on
1: yeah, yeah that's uh I think that's right. They're just man. I don't remember the first time I saw them. I think it was the late 80s. And they played at this place on Divisadero in San Francisco. And it was it was a rock club, and then it was like a world music, like hip-hop club. And then this was the first rock show that they had there after it had been a world music venue. And I remember the bartenders did, did not know what to do with themselves. Like, they were understocked, understaffed, the the place was absolute pandemonium. I think it might have been the first time the helicopters had been in the Bay Area. Um, and then I went and back and crashed at a friend of a friend's place. It was so cold that I had to sleep in the kitchen with the oven open, which probably could have killed me. Mm. Uh, yeah, the, the helicopters are great. And they're, they're even, I feel like they are now in their prime. Like they've been a rock band for 20 years five years or more and have written some really great songs and done some really amazing performances. They've had an incredible career. uh, But right now I feel like they are at their, they're experiencing their Zenith Mm. Uh, dragged in the original guitarist. He's back in uh, the original bass player, Kenny, something, I can't remember his name. He's gone. And they have this new guy who's like, the new bass player in Mudhoney, you know, he's been the bass player in the helicopters for like 10 years, but he's still the new bass player. Right. Uh, so, yeah, they are a kind of a timeless and uh, in, in my, to my mind, a perfect rock and roll act. So, yeah, Cream of the Crap Volume 1, but definitely uh, Volume 1 and Volume 2 if you're, if you're nasty.
0: If you're nasty.
1: We're all too cool for New Year's resolutions. They're stupid. But actually, we spend all of our time trying to turn over new leaves, trying to pick the lock of everyday happiness, and we're constantly resolving to be different or better in some way or another. So it's just about New Year. The new, it's, about, it's just about the New Year, which happens to be Robot's birthday, all of the entirety of the New Year. Yeah, uh, thing. And we're going to talk about that. So your birthday's on the first, thirty first. Thirty first. Okay. Yeah. am Not, not going to forget that, but I probably will. And then you'll get a text on the first, and a card I look, on I, like the seventh.
0: I, I, I look forward to it. the text on the first. Is probably going to be like um something about did you see this skate video? <laughs> That's
1: <laughs> it. Will be unrelated to your birthday entirely. You uh, saw
0: that the that before we get into it, you saw that Sodi. Uh, came out, skater of the year. Oh, happened.
1: N- no,
2: who got it? Miles Silvas. Oh,
1: I'm back on. I mean, I I didn't vote for him, but I had a hunch. He's 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 a uh, he's a fuck, He's really good.
0: Yeah, he wasn't my guy, but he's not a bad guy.
1: Who's your pick again?
0: Pedro Delfino.
1: Oh, that's yeah. Actually, I voted for him. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about voting for Tony Hawk. Uh, only based on the fact that he had a video part ca- that came out with the uh, it's like five things like top five whatever, uh, big list compilation list in and some episode of or uh, some Thrasher dot post, and the video of him he's he's skating so good, and he does a fucking flawless like buttery backside boneless like a boosted backside boneless over the gap of his ramp and that was just like that's that was a that was that was the game over
0: i'm sure a lot of people aren't paying that much attention to what Tony's doing skate wise uh but that part that he just put out where he's skating that gap is so goddamn good like if you watch the video where he does the last 900 or 720 or whatever the fuck he says he's you know where he's fighting and it's you know it's terrible it's like really brutal skating where like you can just see him fighting whereas this new video part which is supposed to be his last video part ever is the slickest most beautiful vert skating
1: yeah he's skating really good right now like that was a and the technical his technical ability with all the lip the lip tricks and stuff it's like it's like he's been studying Bob Burnquist who i by the way just almost completed a full loop at Mount Baldy <laughs> that's fucked
0: ageless superheroes
1: broke his ankle but i don't think this is the last we're going to see a burnquist trying to do the full loop at Mount Baldy that's that's bananas. That So, Mount Baldy is like a full pipe. It's a spillway. It's been skated for decades and decades. And, you know, people get up to 10 o'clock, maybe 11 o'clock, but no one has ever even considered fighting gravity in such a way. And Bob Burnquist just did it, and he broke his ankle. But it was close. So... Uh, Well, congratulations to Silva. I did talk to Corey, uh, who owns the Blue Plate restaurant in San Francisco. Yesterday morning, he called me. And uh, for anyone in or around the Bay Area, go visit the Blue Plate. It's my favorite restaurant in the whole wide world. They have a beautiful garden. They have a beautiful collection of artwork. The people who work there are all the best folks you'd ever want to meet. Corey is as cool a guy as you ever want to know and the food is fucking stellar but they're hosting the sody party and they did last year too and it's like oh. open bar full like the whole thing adidas pays for
0: that's brave whole to open up your premises to that Oof. bunch of derelicts
1: yeah big time but everybody everybody you know respects and loves him it was uh I think I've probably been going there for. Tw- they just celebrated their 25th anniversary, and I think I've probably been going there for 24 years. But there was no, almost not a time that I would go in there where Jake Phelps wasn't sitting at the corner in the down, like at the bar, like that was his spot. So um, I think you know a lot of people, uh, as as big a curmudgeon as Jake was, like a lot of people respect his legacy and the fact that he like. You know supported cory from the beginning i think people recognize that this is kind of sacred ground so
0: mm.
1: anyway congratulations to mason uh um, not
0: mason miles
1: i mean miles um congratulations to uh tony congratulations to the blue plate uh and once
2: again my pick didn't win <laughs> once
0: again that's
1: right uh so question one What will you be doing on New Year's Eve? Famously known in Alcoholics Anonymous meetings the world over as peak amateur hour. Does the change in year even matter at all? What do you hope happens in 2024? Mm.
0: A lot of questions there.
1: I will be working because I'm an absolute glutton for punishment. Yep. So I am willingly placing myself in the eye of the storm and I will be sober and I will be whatever refereeing fucking <laughs> numbskulls until the sun comes up.
0: Doing that is like being the, the, the referee in a professional wrestling match where like someone hits you with a chair, but it doesn't really matter. No one comes out to help you. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> the people that I work with are all like everybody really has each other's backs all the time, which is nice. Um and one thing that I've recognized is that being, being totally sober uh, in, in, in dealings with drunk people, you always, always, always have the upper hand. They might, oh, yeah. have, they might have liquid courage. Uh, they might actually know how to fight, but they're slow. And you're smarter. You're, you're, you're faster mentally. You're faster physically. You have every advantage. Uh, as the role of, of sort of the peacekeeper. Um and and it's really good people watching. So <clears throat> yeah, I won't be I won't be partaking into and I don't really, you know, it's kind of not my bag anyway. So I yep. figured I was either gonna be like lurking around at home or in likely in my studio or uh or try to make some money. So I opted for the latter. What about you? Sure.
0: Um, well, it's my birthday, New Year's Eve, um, which is an excuse that we use. We, a uh, bunch of friends, we go up to Vermont and there's a little, a little cabin up there. We go and we huddle up and we get some burritos and oh, it's actually tacos. We get taco, we eat a lot of tacos and just shoot the shit and it's nice.
1: That's good. Seems kind yeah. of grown up.
0: Um, it's just nice. It's just nice. I don't know whether that's grown up, but it is just nice.
1: Uh, I don't mean grown up, like boring adult, adult, like stereotypical adult stuff. But I mean, like,
2: uh, fulfilling. Yes.
1: Chaos, chaos is fun, but it, it, it doesn't it's not like a steady diet of chaos. It's not that much. It's not that satisfying to
0: me anymore. Well, I I can't, I just can't sustain it. Yeah. I don't have the physical, mental, emotional makeup to sustain chaos, but, um, does the, does the changing, do you don't care? Like it's a different year. So it does it matter.
1: Uh, I don't know. Uh, to, I think if you talk to somebody who is into astrology and numerology and learning the age of Aquarius and energy changing and all that stuff, I think that it might, it might matter. Um, but I don't, I don't know any since I don't know any of that stuff. Uh, I, I would say that, you know, I I don't ever really know what day it is from from one day to the next or sometimes even like what month it is. It takes me a second to figure out like, you know, is this January, is it November still, whatever. Um, it's it so very superficially uh it doesn't make any difference you know uh
2: i think spiritually
1: i I hope it does i hope it does mean that there's a change of foot
0: i think that's right i mean i think in real terms it doesn't matter like there's one day and then there's the next day it's like borders there's no borders we draw them on maps. They don't right. mean anything. Right. Um, but it is important to have sort of mileposts to remind you that time is marching forward, right? Yeah. Because I, I think you, you get to a certain age and you're like, oh, I don't have that much time left on the clock. I got to like take advantage of some of this stuff. So I think, I feel like that's what the changeover is for. It's like, oh, right. I was coasting along, tolerating all my own bullshit there. Yeah. This is a good chance to... I,
1: I think that sort of, sort of my, my perspective on things kind of changed like in, the, in my 30s because I was like, oh, I got a lot of time left up until this one point. And then like Norm Macdonald said, <laughs> uh, I've, I'm to the point in my life where I've eaten a lot more breakfasts than I will eat. Yeah. And I can see, I, you know, I, I I still got, hopefully I still got some time left, but I could see being like 80 or 90 and you're like, man, you know, like the end of the road is, is right up there. And, um, and how do you, how do you want to live? Do you want to live with regret? Do you want to live with anxiety? I have a feeling I'm going to live with anxiety, but I'm working real hard to, to lay some groundwork so that that, that's not the case. But Uh, when you can, you know, when you can count the number of years you have left, potentially. I know we're not guaranteed to tomorrow. None of us are guaranteed to tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to be here in a week.
0: There's that whole hole in the sun problem. That whole hole
1: in the sun problem. Uh, I might be here in a week. I might not be here in a week. But I'm only in the middle of my, in the estimated time that a person is on the planet, and when you're definitely. In your eighties or nineties, and you're you know that the that the end is you know you can count the number of years you have left on your hands uh how do you how do you deal with that
2: yeah. I don't know where
1: i do am sorry I don't know where i was I, I i kind of fucking like got off track a little bit right there, but
0: that's not like you
1: wasting i guess I'm thinking about like wasting time. Like what? That's
0: it. That that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm feeling saying like, like you New got a surplus. Yeah, New Year's is like a gatekeeper on your time wasting, right? It's like, um, <clears throat> like you rock up to New Year's Eve and you're like, oh shit, right? I put off learning to, to ice skate again. Yeah, and I didn't mean to do that. And I, I mean, I feel this on a bunch of levels. There's like. I got a kid who still lives at home who's 16 and I've got one who's about to be 19 who's at school, but he's, he's home for the holidays. So there's this, there's like a family thing where I'm like, these are my last chances to dad them. And when I say dad, them, what I really mean is like to make sure they know that I love them.
1: Not true. Can I say that?
0: No, no, no. Of course, of course. There's more. There's more. Like, obviously, they're not going to disappear, but I don't know. There's this urgency to them being at home with us. Hmm. That's what I mean.
1: Yeah, you'll uh and uh to. I interrupted, but my mom and dad were have always been. You know, like you're. We are you are we are parents from the from the day you showed up to the day we leave we're parents and you're gonna dad you're gonna dad those knuckleheads until they don't want you to in some instances but just to have them i think i understand what you're saying just to have them always in that environment right the clock's ticking on that
0: there's a point at which they're like fully launched, and of course I'll still be their dad, and I'll still, you know, know I love them. But there's, there is this like precious time that they're with me still. So, so that is one thing that you become aware of at the change in year. The other one is, uh, like, I'll be 52, and I'm riding bikes real good now, but I haven't seen a lot of 72-year-olds who are doing great. I mean, they do great because they're still doing, but I'm saying, like, on the bike, I'm still, like, improving my bike handling. I'm still making progress, and I don't know how much more of that there is. So physically, it's this physical stuff. Some things I'm not as good at, you know, my max heart rate isn't as high as it was or whatever, but, like, there are are definitely still places I want to, like, try to kick ass for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is a gate on that, like, oh, you didn't do, I have this stupid project in the park by my house where I'm trying to, I'm trying to, it's like two, it's four big granite blocks. And I'm trying to like pop up on one and then transition to the other and then drop. And then I'm trying to ride them all. It's a stupid project, but it's like interesting to me. I, st- I, ha- I didn't get it done this year so. So there's this whole like physical thing that you have to be aware of. Like, try to do your good, awesome stuff. Use your body while the body your body's still good to be used.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've been. I mean, my shit's been degrading for so long that it's always like these achievable. Whatever I can achieve is the achieve achievable goal. Yeah, you know, because I'm. Like, I didn't use my, I haven't used my body in a sustainable way. And so, um, and I don't, well, now I'm seeing, like, I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to get broken off again. Uh, Going in for a second knee surgery here at some point in the next couple of months, and that's going to be a fucking drag, but better now than later. Uh, So, I well, I understand and I relate to what you're saying. I always, I'm also just kind of like, well, fuck, at least I'm still doing it
0: you know? Yeah, no, totally.
1: Mostly that's my perspective.
0: No, I think that's right. I mean, I, I've broken myself off quite a bit. There's a lot of things I actually can't do anymore, but I'm still hungry to do what I can do.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Then that's kind of, you know, there are definitely achievable things for me and maybe I'll hurt myself. You know, there's no uh, injuries and, 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 accidents can happen anytime. So on the one hand, I'm grateful for what I'm still able to do. Definitely. Um, but I think it's also important. It's important for me right now to still have some like physical aspirations.
1: Right. Yeah. That's, that's good. I mean, it's, it's good, whatever. It's never too late to learn how to do a wheelie or, you know, like, yeah, I think challenging yourself Physically is as important as challenging yourself mentally, however that looks. And, and to be, to, to do that with grace, apply it to yourself with grace. Cause, uh, I think that people like us tend to come down on themselves a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. can be a little hard on themselves instead of saying like, oh, well, you know, didn't get it today, but I always have tomorrow. Uh, You know, or I got four pedal strokes in instead of three pedal strokes in on the wheelie, or I got seven pedal strokes in instead of six, or I can't get past eight. What the fuck is wrong with me? And then you get frustrated and like, I don't know, it's just, I feel like getting sidetracked and trying to maintain or develop skills or physical abilities or whatever, sometimes like just remembering to play gets lost in that
0: absolutely 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 i think that is really right i think like i used to i used to set expectations for myself around this stuff and then beat myself up when i didn't achieve them Mm -hmm. now i think instead of having expectations i kind of have aspirations and when i I'm much better at like failing and being like, well, I failed today. Ah, I don't know. Next time. Like I'm much, I don't. With the physical stuff, with the emotional stuff, I still beat myself up because I'm like, you should be smarter and better and whatever, which is whatever I'm, you know, I'm highly flawed and imperfect and that's whatever. But, but with the physical stuff now, I'm kind of like, well, if I have the opportunity to do something rad, I'll grab it. I, mm-hmm. I still have that aspiration. I don't expect it. And so, and that makes it all the more, I think, exciting when, when, when you do it, then it's not like, well, yeah, of course, finally, you finally fucking did it.
1: <laughs> yeah. The bar of what's rad is constantly moving, you know, like I'm not, I'm not my 20 uh, a year ago self and I've like we've talked about risk versus reward and you want to do something rad you want to go you want to ride that skinny or do the set of jumps or whatever you can but you can also like now i'm constantly like yeah but is it worth being fucked up for six months because there's always that possibility and then that's why you know not i mean that's not the exclusive not the only reason why i am not a red bull a middle-aged red bull athlete uh but it's that's the kind of thing that keeps me grounded and sometimes it's the, maybe the thing that keeps me grounded is also the thing that keeps me stifled you know but whatever again like i said it all just boils down to like remembering how to play and and that takes a lot of the, uh, that t- for me that takes a lot of the pressure off um so what uh what do you hope happens in 2024 like worldwide or just personally no for you oh um uh keep learning keep growing keep not taking shit from knuckleheads uh keep making art
2: maybe you know find
1: somebody who likes me i don't know <laughs> um,
0: i don't i'm sorry i'm laughing at that but that just, just the way throwing. you said that was funny
1: <laughs> the parameters are pretty loose on that yeah, I feel I feel pretty satisfied to keep continue feeling satisfied, to continue to to try to learn how to be the best person I can be and to be honest with myself and the people around me. Yeah, um, that all sounds know, right. Yep. Recognizing that I'm not perfect, but also. uh, and, and being being patient. With that and being patient with myself and yeah. being patient with people around me, I don't know. It's all, it's all kind of goes hand in hand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Be a better person. Even if it's only slightly, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't expect to become a saint this year.
1: No, I don't. They're not giving out sainthood to just anybody. It's going to no. take a little while. At least we'll get, we'll get to that in our sixties. Um, question two, cause we got to kind of hammer through these last two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. it's the last new year's Eve in the history of the human race. Uh, because we poisoned the planet or nuclear weapons got in the wrong hands or aliens discovered we were here and decided to end us just because they could. Uh, you're standing in Times Square and the ghost of Dick Clark is starting to count down the ball dropping of all time. Who do you want to kiss or what do you want to yell at that final moment? Oh, boy. I was this thinking is, about
0: this is a bullshit question. I wrote it and then I was all like patting myself on the back. I was like, ghost of Dick Clark. That's a really good one. And, uh, but then I read the question again. I was like, "Wow, oh, this sucks.
1: <laughs> uh, this, like, I was thinking about it. Like the 14, like, the, you know, like 14 or 16 or 17 year old me, there's like so many people I want to kiss, you know, mm. Heather Thomas, chief mm. among them, mm-hmm. Jody Banks, love her so much, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but like, uh, I'm gonna have to say, uh, I, I gotta keep that one to my gut. I keep that one to myself. I mean, it's not a big stretch uh, to imagine who that might be, but
2: yep. It's a, uh, you know, person who's,
0: who's my person.
2: Yeah. yeah so. your person.
0: Yep. Yeah. That, I think that after I, cause when I wrote it, I was like, Oh, who are you going to kiss last kiss ever? But then I was like, yeah, it's my wife. Um, yeah. You know, like, how are you trying to give meaning to your life at the very end? What am I going to yell? Who farted? Like right at the very last. (laughs) Can you imagine all those people going to, you know, going into oblivion for the last time and the last thing they hear is who farted?
1: (laughs) Oh, I wouldn't want to kiss anybody. I would rather yell who farted.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: perfect. Perfect. That's your fucking legacy.
0: How do you sell up your life?
1: <laughs> uh, would you would you rather be the person elected by humanity to go 100 years into the future and find out how we can save ourselves now or the person elected to go 100 years into the past to explain how we can avoid ending up where we are now
0: This is from um I don't know this person in real life but Junk Miles is their name Junk Miles DM'd me Uh I I assume this person's name is Miles I think they're an Oregonian an Oregonad? Is that what you call someone from Oregon? <laughs> <laughs> I think Miles is an Oregonad. And I think he was at MAID, And so we could have crossed paths very closely. And, or, you know, maybe we slapped hands and I didn't know it. But anyway, he did this with his t- uh, variation on this. I, I, Steveel Knieveled it, uh, trying to confuse you.
1: I like it. I, I don't, I feel like humanity is too fucking dense and money driven you could go back and it, you know with with diagrams and pictures and video proof and the whole thing to try to explain to people what needs to change in order to maintain a sustainable environment for people who live here. And I don't think, I think it would fall on deaf ears because well, people are going to do In my scenario,
0: because I did think about this, like it's terrible, right? You're supposed to go to the past and convince everyone that you're from the future and that you have a message. Like nobody's buying that. They're going to put you in an institution. In my scenario, you've been elected. The people in the past have, have understood. Someone is coming from the future to explain to us what we need to change. <coughs> Um, so it's, do you want to go in the past and explain to them or do you want to go to the future and find out?
2: Mm. I think I'd go to the
1: past. I mean, we're so far past the point of no return right now that if you could, you came back and said, Oh, uh, what we needed, what we need to do is stop doing everything we're doing a hundred years ago right yeah um so i think that you'd stand a better chance of i think you'd stand a better chance of fixing shit preemptively than than the opposite of
0: postemptively postemptively sure (laughs) (laughs) who farted um i think your 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 approach i like your approach because it's altruistic right you're like we stand the best chance if i go into the past and explain to them Whereas I'm kind of like, oh, I want to go in the future because I want to go.
1: I would uh, like to see. I would like to see what it looks like, but
0: what if you showed up there and they were like, oh, all of you needed to eat vanilla instead of chocolate? That was the key the whole time.
1: Uh, that would be something, wouldn't it? Um
0: Or you get a hundred years in the future and you come out and you're like, all right, everybody explain Hey. everybody hello where'd everybody anybody
1: yeah uh i'm gonna say i'm gonna say plus i'd like to just see what you know a hundred years ago looks like in color
0: (laughs) i'd like to go back there and my main job is to explain to them what they need to change but i pick up a little guitar and i'm like look i know some songs from the future i would just love to fuck with them like that (laughs) i'd I'd like to all the stand-up comedy that i have in my head i would just deliver it They'd be like, that's not, that is not funny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you could also like in the future, you could, you could do all kinds of stuff, like find out who won uh, world series games and stuff and then come back and place bets.
0: Yeah. Sure. You know? sure Cause sure, if sure, you're sure. only
1: here for another, you know, 50 years, max, maybe 40 years, you can make a little bit of money on stuff like that. Right. But I'm still going to stick with the past. Um, mm. all right. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening to revolting. We're sincerely grateful to those of you who listen week after week. Uh, it can be hard to tell when we're being sincere. And that's the truth, uh, which is why we mentioned it specifically. So thank you again on behalf of Revolting and the Cycling Independent. I'm Steve Will.
0: Yeah.
1: Don't forget to suck.